It's time for Talking Jazz. 105-104, Jazz looking for a win in Minnesota. They get it to Conley, he's pushed out by Ricky. The ball's loose, no chance, and the Jazz turn it over, and it's over. Oh man, wild finish in Minnesota last night. Jazz unable to beat the Timberwolves in three games this season. Wow, and now the West is tightening up with the Jazz and Suns, perhaps playing for first place later in the week. Good evening, though. Welcome into a new edition of Talking Jazz. Excited to have Jazz reporter Kristen Kenny with us. Lots of things to talk about, the positives and the negatives. There's still a lot of basketball to go. How are you doing, by the way, Kristen? You've gotten a little time off in the last couple of weeks, but it's been busy. I know. Hey, it's good to be back with you, Dave. I'm doing well. Um, bummed out about this yeah. sweep here. Strange indeed, but uh, man, we just got to keep it going, keep plugging away, grinding it out. Hope that we can go in and good the best position possible into the playoffs. Exactly, and uh, I you're fully invested because you and I traded a lot of texts last night. It was a busy night for you, even though it was a road game. And so we're going to get to a lot of topics that you wanted to get to. And the first and foremost, and I think a lot of Jazz Nation, Kristen, are, are sensing this. There are just some struggles that we are seeing that are completely out of character, just uncharacteristic for the Jazz. And part of it probably has to do with not having Donovan. Oh man, I think a lot of it has to do with Donovan's absence. Just his presence alone on the court makes such a big deal. And that's what uh, Mike Conley was saying just last night is how uncharacteristic these things are. We talk about the, the last game against the Timberwolves and the turnovers, that's something that we have seen, but then we tighten that up and then to just go stone cold, it's just so inconsistent uh, as far as the offensive execution, really needing that consistency for all four quarters, especially at this time in the year, right, David? Yeah. But that's become a problem in this series in particular, or going against um, this T-Wolves team. You, know, you look at that brilliant first quarter that we had in both of those outings and then Last night, the first quarter, 7 of 18 from 3. The second quarter, 1 of 15. 1 of 15 from oh. 3. So how do you do that? <laughs> that doesn't what is happen. That about? Yeah. To me, I mean, we didn't have the turnovers, right? Um, we've talked about handling teams' physicality, teams getting in the passing lanes. But these seem to be, you know, open right there, like open threes, right? And these are shots that the Jazz usually make. So is it just a mental game at this point? Or are we just out of rhythm, not in rhythm shots? I mean, Jordan... Clarkson, Joe Ingles, and I think JC was one at 10 from three. Jo yeah. Joe was three at 13. Bogey, one at seven. Uh, it, it, that, that, that's not, that's rare. That is uncharacteristic. Yeah. So I think it's just, you know, at that point, you just got to attack the rim, right? Or, or get something easy. Uh, it could be just up here, you know? Yeah, could very much shooting is a mental game. You're right. And, and you know what? Once, what once was there can be there again. So, who knows? But it is a little scary when you rely so heavily on three-point shooting when that goes away. Um, yeah. There are plenty of positives to focus on because the Jazz still, as of right now, have the best record in the West. They are the one seed. And a few things that you wanted to talk about, and I completely agree with your list here. And let's start with, with Mike Conley. Well, forget about that last play last night because his defense, Kristen, has just gone to a whole new level. Yeah. Talk about Mike Conley, the all-star this year, and an Oscar winner. Yes, okay. how about that? Uh, <laughs> yes, lots to celebrate this year for him. But his defense, you mentioned it. He had four steals Saturday night. That was a season high for him. And I've talked to him about this, and he really has always been a defensive guy. Remember Memphis, the 
they grind it out at Memphis. That's the style that they've they played for many years, and he's played for many years. But he also said that his defense goes up another level when he has a guy like Rudy Gobert on his team that fuels him. So Rudy, he said, is in his ear all the time. Yeah, great possession, great stop there. That's what I'm talking about. That's what we need. A great rebound, great hustle. Rudy the motivator. <laughs> I'm definitely not doing it in a French accent because I don't want to butcher it. But yeah. <laughs> if you can imagine Rudy Gobert chirping in his ear like that, if he said it just fuels him even more. So uh, I, I, they both feed off of each other so well. It's like uh, being on a Peloton by, and, and the instructor is just yelling at you. Come on, come on, you can do it. You uh, got Ru- it. That, that's the stop right this. there. Yeah. And you know that with <laughs> nice peak 45. Possession. Yeah, so. You know how that whole motivation thing works. Um, Well, speaking of Rudy and Mike, another topic that we wanted to get to is how well the two of them are clicking. Now, granted, the Jazz have lost a couple games in a row, but there's just something going on between those two that really bodes well down the line. Yeah, and this is all excluding the last two games for the Jazz. But before that, uh, the plus and minus with Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley on the floor together was unbelievable. I want to go back to that Houston game because – I think Mike was plus 46 and Rudy was plus 44. Unbelievable numbers, right? Um, So something's working with that deadly combination. And what is it? Well, number one, Coach Quinn Snyder says they're great players. Okay, that's the obvious. Number two, continuity. Um, And when I talked to them about this, as you can see that nice connection there, the nice lob pass to Rudy. What Mike said is it's not just the lob pass now. You know, he's able to find Rudy um, with other passes and that Rudy, he trusts Rudy around the rim now. Rudy credits um, how Rudy has taken his offensive game to the next level and able to pass inside right there. You see Rudy Gobert displaying his physicality, getting to the rim. I mean, that's a different Rudy that we're seeing this year offensively. And then, of course, we just talked about uh, the way that from Rudy's perspective, when when Mike's putting that energy into the defensive part of his game, it fuels Rudy. Yeah. He's able to run harder. So they're motivating each other. Yeah, yeah, they're really playing off each other. So yeah. they just have a great synergy on the court. And I'm looking forward to putting these two games behind us and getting yeah. back to that style. I think we're going to see that when they take on uh, Sacramento tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, next up, and I love this because uh, Boyan Bogdanovich has kind of gone through a, a few swings, went through a little bit of a funk not long ago. But his last eight games, as you pointed out, Chris, and even in the losses, have just been phenomenal. His He's scoring, as you see on this uh, graphic, 21 points a game, 44% field goal, and 41% three-point shooting. Talk a little bit about what Bogey's been doing. Yeah, he's taken his game inside out. So he's known, obviously, as that three-point shooter um, that we all know. But he's really been more aggressive attacking the rim. I know free throws have also increased for him. Getting to the line has been a big point of emphasis. And a lot of that is because he was struggling with his shot. So in order to get going, what do you do? Right there, you take it inside. Um, he's 6'8", so he has, even if the shot may not be open, go for it. You know, if it's contested, right. you still have an opportunity to make it. Um, or shot fake and uh, make a read. And so we're seeing more of that. But I think his teammates have just been encouraging him to be more aggressive so that he's not thinking so much about his three-point shot. 
he's getting it going in other ways. And a big part of his game, too, that we're not seeing there in the video is um, rebounding, too. He's made a big emphasis on getting to the boards right. and being no more question. physical there yeah. and putting his mind on that stuff so it takes his mind less off, less off of his uh, three-point shooting. Another thing we saw in that video is uh, Donovan's outfit on Saturday. Only he can pull that off. Uh, <laughs> How can we forget about that outfit? I'm going to get one of those. You had a jacket that was similar, me. that satin jacket you were wearing that same night, by the kind of in that, that same name. It was a little floral. Yeah, there you go. Uh, lastly, and we'll get through this one kind of quick. Joe, he struggled in a couple of games, but I like the way you phrased it. The guy is just getting better with age. He is. Uh, it's, it's a shame that the last night, you know, we, we saw him three for 13 from three because this guy is – been doing the opposite of that so far this year and he's really coming in a big way whether he's the starter whether he's coming off the bench off the bench I just love his confidence I think coach Quinn Snyder said it best he said that he's less focused on a missed shot this year and moving on to the next play and he actually was kind of joking around about it that he's been hanging out with Jordan Clarkson a lot which I thought that was funny because we know JC's that guy that's very present Right. And he said that rubbed off on Joe Ingles this year. So being more present. Um, and I, also a lot of that just maybe has to do with the fact that he's a dad and a father That's first. Right. And he's talked about that. When I asked him what are his expectations on himself this year, he said to be the best dad I can be. Isn't that great? And I, I think that, yeah. you know, settles things down um, on the court. You know, if your number one priority is your family, it makes everything else more free flowing, like Jordan Clarkson said. And three kids for he and Renee. That's awesome. All right, uh, Kristen, it's time for this week's edition of Jazz Bites. And of course, after the back-to-back -back losses to one of the worst teams in the league, some Jazz fans already hitting the panic button. But are the Jazz? Well, you know they're not. But Coach uh, Quinn Snyder was asked if he has any concerns after last night's game. Jazz Bites, presented by Kimball Roofing and Repairs. No, I don't know what what our percentage was from three. It obviously wasn't good. I think, you know, we shoot 40% on the season. And, you know, if you keep shooting, the, the law of averages catches up. And, you know, unfortunately it didn't catch all the way up tonight, but it did enough for us to be right there. And, you know, the NBA is the NBA. And, and they're, they've played very well. Um, I thought the way that we played the first game you know, I was disappointed. And tonight, obviously, there's things you'd like to do better. Um, but as I said, the, the, the things that cost us the game um, the other night were, were things that we addressed. So, um, you know, to the extent there's there's always, you know, I, I don't know if concern would be the word that I would choose to use. Um, but certainly, you know, you, you want to win. And I, I'm, I'd be concerned if we didn't compete. You know, and I'd like to have executed better on the last two possessions. Um, but again, that's, you know, that's something that, that we have to do the same way, you know, I mentioned the other night, we have to rebound and we have to take care of the ball. So, um, you know, this entire season is about getting better. And, you know, that's what, if, if, if games like this can help you get better, um, you obviously would rather win. Um, but that's been what we've been trying to do the whole season and uh so that, that would that would be how i would i would answer that all right so jazz against the kings tomorrow night kings without darren fox and then the big one Kristen, we've talked about this the suns 
on Friday. And, of course, Jazz have been beaten by the Suns twice so far. Uh, let's take a look That's at the standings really quick because this shows you just how close they are. One game. Kristen, give me your thoughts quickly on this. Oh, man, it's tight. This is a tight race. You heard Coach Quinn Snyder say he's not concerned. You heard Rudy Gobert say we're not concerned and we would be if we were giving up 140 points. But, man, battling the Suns, that's going to be a tough one. Here's my thing, and this is what I was talking to Mike Conley about. Uh, you're going against a physical team with length again, and the Jazz have had some struggles against physicality and length. Um, yep. And Mike Conley said it best, that we have to stand up, we have to stand our ground, we have to grind it out, teams are gunning for us. Every night's gonna be a dogfight. Um, so, you know, we've gotta be able to take every punch and be focused and locked in. And if we're without Donovan Mitchell, it makes it much more difficult. Um, but we've gotta, you know, turn things around. This is the time and hopefully get in some rhythm here before the playoffs begin. But this is a tight race. Oh, no question about it. One game. And by the way, tomorrow, Jazz at Sacramento, the Suns will host uh, the Clippers. And you never know what kind of lineup they're going to throw out there. All right, it's time once again for one of our favorite weekly features. Maddie Coma's amazing and often breathtaking NBA Top 5 Plays of the Week. Roll them. You let down just a little bit. We saw this Grizzlies team with a little let down against Clippers. What a move there. Byron Durant wow. who lays it up and in. Mm. Thinking right now, if you're a Grizzlies fan, how does he make that move? How does he make that move? Yeah, we're thinking that. Not much of a low post player. Draymond to step. Yeah, nice show out by Mo Harkless down to three. You know Curry's going to try to get it up. Man, Steph Curry. Stop. Can't overreact, though, Doug. No, no. It's one it's, shot. It is. It's one shot. The hands defensively on this one. Check it out. I mean, just, he, knew, he knew he was letting it go. And, and the shot clock was right in front of him. He can see it right there. Hurdle screens. White. Sideline. Keldon Johnson. Pump faking a drive and a dunk. A tomahawk for Keldon Johnson. George, this is a combination. Tomahawk windmill. Yeah, you're right. A tomahawk. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Paul against Randall. Crossover. Pull back. Spin. Throws it up with the basket. Oh, it goes in. Chris Paul with a circus shot. And the Knicks are down five. Let's take a look at this shot, folks. Paul, oh, two consecutive daggers. This one, a little serendipity. Bridges. Oh, my goodness. Oh, not again. Did that. I can't believe that just happened. A sonic boom. A lightning bolt. With the right hand. What just happened? <laughs> look at it. Look at it. Look at Look at Vince's face. Like, what? It was so quick, I almost didn't think it happened. Mm. All right, wrapping up another edition of Talking Jazz with Kristen Kenny. And Kristen, you have the final word. All right, Dave. So I'm on the spot here. But so here's the main thing I want to talk about, because okay. it is so relevant right now, is where this jazz team is at and where we need to, to be in the next uh, couple weeks here. Consistent quarters, consistent games, offensive execution. We talked about it at the very beginning of the show. We got to have more than uh, one quarter of a big lead. You know, can't give up these 18 point leads. Um, yeah. There and it make is. it rain. <laughs> <laughs> You're awesome.
You nailed it! <laughs> See you next time. Have a good night, everyone.